Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Mike Foreman, Senior Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Level Plains. For more information about Pastor Mike and the church, please visit our website at www.fbclp.life. Let's join Pastor Mike now as he shares from God's Word. Oh, God's people said? Amen. Amen. That's what it's all about, isn't it? The gospel, the blood of Jesus that radically transforms our lives. Listen, without the blood, there's no salvation, folks. Can't be saved. Not going to heaven without the blood. So thank God for the blood. Thank God that he saved us when we couldn't do anything for ourselves. (laughs) He found us. That's a blessing, isn't it? Well, last week I started a series of messages that I'm just entitling Evangelism 101, and I basically told you that this series is going to be unlike anything else we've done, just sort of talking about evangelism is good, and we ought to remind ourselves on a consistent basis that we ought to be engaged in evangelism, but I want it to do something a little bit more practical. And so uh, at the end of last week, we sort of talked about applying what we learned, and one of the things we talked about last week was that for evangelism, we need to pray. And I came down to telling you this, right? Prayer is the work of evangelism. You can go and witness to people without the power of prayer. Listen, it's sometimes a waste of our time, right? I know that the gospel is powerful. It's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. But I also know that we ought to be praying, asking God to open the hearts of lost people to take the blinders of Satan off their eyes that they may see the light and the truth of the gospel, to shine that light of the gospel into their heart. We're praying for God to do those things. And can I just tell you that there's 105 names that we're praying for right now. Isn't that amazing that uh, we had such a great response? And I appreciate your responding last week. And I hope that you've been praying for that person every day for God to do something in their lives because I'm going to challenge you today to take it to the next level. See, the next level is to give a gospel conversation to that person you're praying for. Because if prayer, listen, if prayer, if it's, if it's the work of evangelism, then a gospel conversation, it is the vehicle by which God delivers that message. So you need to understand this morning that God wants to use you in that process. And here's the good thing about that. The good thing about God using us in that process is it doesn't rely upon me. See, I think the problem with people, we're afraid to talk about the gospel with others because we're afraid, man, what if I don't say the right thing? Or, you know, what if I get in this weird conversation where they turn it around on me and I become a Mormon? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, or they may ask some tough, deep, theological question that I don't know how to answer. And so, you know, we're sort of... I know you laughed at that, but you know what? I have met some people who were Mormons who used to be Baptists, okay? I'm, I'm, I don't know how it worked, but anyway, it, it just happened that way. So I just figured that must be what happened. They tried to do a gospel conversation, didn't know how to do it, and they ended up Mormon, you know? I mean, I don't know how that worked. I just know it worked, okay? I don't know. But anyway, it just worked. So I'm just here to tell you, listen, listen. We want to take it to the next level. And so what I want to do today is I sort of want to talk about taking it to that next level, and I want to talk about taking from prayer, which is that, you know, driving force of your heart, I pray, to doing something about it, going to somebody and having a, a gospel conversation. And I'm using that word gospel conversation on purpose. 
It's not that I'm trying to take away the word evangelism. I'm not trying to take away the word outreach. But really what we want to do is we want to have gospel conversations. I'm going to explain that here in just a little bit. But I want you to understand something. In Romans chapter 10, Paul's heart in verse 1, he expresses that to us. He said, my heart's desire. I mean, do you realize what Paul said there? Paul was deeply engaged with the lostness of those who were in Israel. He understood that unless God did something in their life, they would perish and go to hell. And so he says, my great desire and prayer for them is that they what? Would be saved. God wants lost people saved. And so he prays and he says, God, do something in Israel. Save somebody. Specifically those who he's praying for. He's praying for a nation, but we're praying for names. We're praying for individuals that God would save them. And Paul understood that we could pray those kinds of prayers. Why? Because if you slip down in that same chapter, verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Isn't that awesome truth? Whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. But here's the reality of it. As Paul gives us in chapter 10 these encouraging words to pray for the lost and whosoever will calls upon that Lord will be. Listen, right after that he says, but how is all that going to take place if all we're doing is praying? Now, I'm paraphrasing it. I'm boiling it down, but that's the truth. If we continue to pray, that's awesome. We ought to be praying. And my goal for us last week was to get us to think about lost people that we know, names that we know of people who don't know Jesus, who if they die, they're going to go into a Christless eternity. And that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. And so our heart was to get revved up, charged up to pray for those people, to put them before us every single day that we would remember them and remember their lostness in order that we would pray. But if we just leave it there, we've really not entered into what God's heart wants us to do. And that is to get beyond the prayer into the telling. See, that's what Paul does, right? Paul in chapter 10, he gets beyond verse 1. And he gives us the lowdown of what needs to happen in order for them to get saved. But then he says, you know, because it's God wants to save. But here's the problem. We don't want to go. We don't want to tell. And so the message, I told you, the series is not about making you feel guilty about going. The point is to help you equip, be equipped to go. So I'm not trying to make you feel guilty this morning. I'm just trying to help you understand it's the next step. Right? If I want God to use the prayers that I'm praying for Matt, who's on my list, and who I'm praying for to get saved, then I have to sit down eventually with him, and I have to tell him about the good news of the gospel. Why? Because there's not a single person who will ever come to faith in Jesus Christ just by staring at trees in nature. Even though it declares the beauty of God, they need, listen, they need the revelation of God that is contained in this book to be saved. And so, it's my job to go and tell them. So what I want to do is I want to walk through verses 14 through 17. I'm going to do that by giving us three different uh, points and then... I'm going to do that rather quickly, and then we're going to spend the rest of our time practically. Something different. I've never done it this way before, but I'm just going to do it because I'm the preacher and I can. So we're going to do it this way. So look at the text of Romans 10, 14 through 17, and listen to what the text says. How then, coming out of verse 13, 
How then shall they call on him, Jesus, in whom they have not believed? Good question, Paul. And how shall they believe in him to whom they have not heard? Wow, an even greater question. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Hmm. That's not me, by the way. That's everybody. It's a Christian. Verse 15, and how shall they preach unless they're sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord Lord who has believed our report. Verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So as we begin to think about what Paul is walking us through, when we begin to think about gospel conversations and the reason that we give them, the reason that we go, is because you find over in verse 14 the necessity of the gospel. Notice in verse 14, he says, on who then or how are they going to believe, he says, if, listen, nobody goes and tells them. I mean, that's boiling it down. That's simple, isn't it? I mean, that's basically what Paul is saying there. He's saying, you know, if it's true, verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, then it has to be equally true. How are they going to believe in that name? How are they going to believe upon Jesus Christ? He says, if we never tell them, if they never heard the name of Jesus, and, and if and if we've never heard the name of Jesus, how are they ever going to hear it if we don't preach it, if we don't tell it? That means that, listen, you and I have this great responsibility to be the ones that God is using to tell them about Jesus. Amen? That's our responsibility, by the way. That's, that's not my responsibility. Listen, you are not paying me week in and week out a paycheck in order for me to go and tell everybody about Jesus. Amen? You're, you're, <laughs> I didn't get enough amens. I'm kind of worried now. You know? <laughs> that's not what I get paid to do. All right? I get paid to do Ephesians chapter 4. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I get paid to hold training. I get paid to do Wednesday nights to do training. We do our life view classes. I get I get paid to do this preaching on Sunday morning. But you know, I would do this for free. I mean, I really would. I love. I'd do this for free. I mean, I really would. You know, I just love it. Now, some of those meetings I have in my office, I want double pay for those. You know what I'm saying? But 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 this I do for free. I mean, this is good stuff right here. You know. I love doing this. But listen, you and I must take up the gospel and go into our world and we must begin to tell them about Jesus, that he saves. It's necessary. Why? Verse 17. You gotta have the gospel to be saved. Amen? You cannot be saved otherwise. It's the power of God unto salvation. That is, the gospel is. But listen, we look at that as a negative. I don't know if I can tell them about Jesus. Well, I'm going to show you at the end how you can. And we look at it as a negative, or we look at it as legalism. Well, you know, preachers, there he goes again. It's that time of year to tell us to go do evangelism. Let's go out there and tell people about Jesus. And we sort of, you know, we shake and we, we like, you know, convince ourselves to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? And... We don't tell people. As a matter of fact, at least that's what statistics say. Statistics tell us that out of those of us who are born again, 90% of Baptists 
will never tell another soul about salvation. Yeah, that, what? Yeah, that's, that's the truth of the matter. That's statistically proven. Read some LifeWay research and you'll begin to find some of that's the case. So we don't even tell people. Listen, I couldn't imagine all my life being a believer in Jesus Christ and never telling one person about Jesus Christ. I mean, I could not believe that we do that, but we do that by the drove. So I understand there's many reasons, fear. and other things. I realize that's why we don't. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there is this necessity of the gospel. But I want you to, I want you to hear this loud and clear. But it's a beautiful thing. Look at verse 15. Who doesn't want to bring good news? I mean, who doesn't want to bring good news? Let me tell you something. If Edmund Mem was alive and he showed up at my house with that big old check, I guarantee you, you'd know about it. Amen? You'd know about it. Because uh, I'd buy a new car. Amen? I'd come in here with some nice-looking clothes on. Amen? Why? Because we show off what we enjoy. Right? We tell what we love. Let a first-time grandmama have a baby. Let me tell you something. She'll annoy you with pictures. <laughs> but I can be honest with you. <laughs> Those granddaddies are like that too. <laughs> you know? We tell what we love. But who doesn't like sharing good news? Verse 15 says... That not only is it good news, but listen, it's a beautiful thing. He says, and how shall they preach unless they're sent? That is, how can we go unless somebody sends us? Well, guess what? My job is to send you. But more importantly, the job of Jesus Christ, the ministry of our Lord, ended with sending. Read Acts 1. They were concerned about epics and times, and Jesus said, that's none of your business. You just go be my witnesses. Go into the world. And preach the gospel. He says to, here Paul says, look, it's a beautiful thing. He says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Listen, there are people who are miserable who need Jesus. They need salvation because when they find salvation, which is Jesus himself, they'll find hope and they'll find meaning to life. Right now they don't have that. And he says, and who bring good tidings of good things. It's a good thing. The gospel is not bad, it's good. And Jesus said to us in Matthew 28, just so you remember the great commission, Baptist folk, and Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then do what? Go therefore and make disciples. Yes, our job is to make disciples, but it begins with evangelism. It begins with gospel conversations. It begins when we begin to tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we make disciples, right? So go therefore and make disciples, not converts. Listen, we're not looking for converts. We're not looking for people to jump from Mormonism to being Baptist. You hear me? We're not, we're not looking for that. We're not looking for, for people just to find a religion. We're wanting to make disciples. We're wanting to multiply what we're doing. We, we want folks to come to faith in Jesus Christ, and then they grow up in all aspects unto Him. That's what we want. So that what are they doing? They're going out and telling others about Jesus, and they, again, are multiplying what they're doing, that's what we want. And so Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of it. Listen, it's a beautiful thing, the gospel is, but you don't have to go alone. Jesus said he'd be right there with you. That's the good news, isn't it? And so thirdly, let me just say this. The message 
of the gospel. What is this message that we're preaching? Because see, Paul says in verse 16, but they have not all obeyed. And that's going to happen. Listen, you can't expect every single person in your life that you share the gospel with is going to say, man, that's exactly what I need. I'm getting saved today. It's the power of God unto salvation. But let me tell you something. Not everybody's getting saved. Why? Jesus said the reason why, the reality of that is in John 3.17 is that men love darkness rather than the light. The hardness and wickedness of men are not being saved. And so Jesus said not all are going to believe. Paul says not all are going to believe. Who believed the report? Talking about, by the way, the nation of Israel, the good news being preached to them, and them rejecting that. And he says in verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have to use the word of God in our presentation. But here's the problem. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, that there are, if you Google it, there are hundreds of ways that people tell you you can share the gospel. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what methodology you use. You just have to use the biblical one. (laughs) Right? You have to use what the Bible says. There's no clearer picture of the gospel than in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. This is your mandate. This is what you stick by. This is your presentation. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. You cannot have a clear presentation of the gospel where you don't talk about sin. People want to avoid that. I don't want to tell tell them they're sinners. You know? And listen, the other thing is a false dichotomy too. Well, you know, you got to get people lost where they can get found. Listen, let me tell you something. They're already lost. I don't have to get them lost. They're already lost. They're without faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm not trying to lead them to their own lostness. I'm trying to just teach them the truth. I'm just trying to tell them what the Bible says. Jesus died for our sin according to the Scripture. What sin? The sin that you and I were born in. The sin that came as a result of the fall in the garden. That sin, that original sin. Listen, that's why they do bad things. It's because they were born in sin. That's why you do bad things. You were born in sin. And because that image of God in us has been marred by the sinfulness of man. Listen, it it is that nature that we're talking about that Jesus died for on the cross. To set us free from its bondage. Because it held us, amen? And so the first part of the gospel is we are sinners. We, we have to talk about sin. And we can't avoid the subject. For Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And just so we know he was dead, Paul says what? He was buried. You don't bury live people unless you're a psychopath. There's all kinds of rumors and lies, even in the time of Jesus' resurrection, that Jesus just did the swooning thing, that he just was buried and, you know, the cool of the grave sort of helped, you know, rejuvenate him and he, he came back to life. I, I just think that's foolishness. There's rumors that they came and stole the body of Jesus. Uh, you know, how, how is that the case when Jesus was seen by over 500 people at one time? So we know that they didn't steal a body. They also know it wasn't drugs. They weren't like smoking weed, you know, because 500 people at one time. Listen, five, think about that, 500 people at one time. It's, an impo- it's, it's, it's impossible for them all to be, you know, seeing a, a vision of something crazy. You see what I'm saying? I mean, 
There's all kinds of evidence that proves that he, he died, but listen, he rose. So he was dead, but he rose. Listen, why do you need to talk about the death of Jesus? Because listen, the wages of sin is death. See how it leads naturally in? You talk about sin, all have sinned and come short. But you have to naturally talk about the reason why this is so crucial is because they're going to die. Now, listen, say, oh, people die every day. Yeah, physically they die. We're not talking about physical death. We're talking about spiritual death. We're talking about you're going to die and be separated from Christ for all of eternity in hell. I mean, that's the reality of it. That's the truth of the gospel. And so we, we must talk about sin. We must talk about the death of Christ. He is the, the propitiation. He is the sacrifice. He is the only way. But then it's important to know that you have a risen Savior. Amen? He's alive. On the third day, he came out of the grave. We just sang about it this morning. He came out of the grave. And so we think about the Lord Jesus this morning being alive, and we say, you know, this Jesus who came to life, listen, he comes to give you life. We talk about the power that Jesus has to give his life, and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that he's offering to live inside of us and to conform us and change us into the image of Jesus Christ himself. He'll free us from the bondage of sin. We've got to talk about those things. Listen, those are essentials. And every believer in this room, listen, every one of you who claims the name of Jesus in this room, you ought to know those three things. If you don't know those three things, I don't know how you're saved. I'm not trying to make you doubt your salvation. I'm just trying to tell you, don't be trusting in being a member of the church. Don't trust in good works. Don't trust in being baptized. You better trust squarely on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and he alone. Because there's nothing else going to save you. And that's important to know. <laughs> Listen, so every Christian in this room ought to know how you got saved. But you ought to know the gospel. Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. There's the essentials. Now, what should you use? What should you, you know, try to mimic what I'm doing here today? Listen, I, I don't care what you use. I don't care if you pick up a track and use a track. You're saying, will that work? Can God use a track? If it's biblical. Does it talk about those three things? If it's biblical, then God can use that. All right? I, I, I'm not going to be so foolish to say, well, you've got to use my method. And my method is the only way this is going to work. You know, back in the day, I learned to do faith. F-A-F-A-I-T. We did that little F-A-I-T-H presentation, you know. And I learned to do a faith presentation. I, I learned CWT. For those of you who have been around Baptist life a long time, you know what that is, right? CWT. I learned back in the 90s when I went to Mississippi how to do the EE presentation. And let me tell you, you want to learn something, that's about 500 different steps in that, in that presentation. I don't care what presentation you use. Can I just tell you what works? Is when you tell people biblically how to know Jesus Christ. So find the method that works. I like a simple method of just walking people through Romans. Marking my Bible through Romans. It's so easy. All you do is mark your first verse. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you don't know where to go to next, write it at the bottom of your page, at the margin of your Bible, right down there, John, or excuse me, uh, Romans 6, 23, and what page number it is. So you're going to go Romans 3 to Romans 6, and you know to go. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I mean, you just walk to the Romans text, and you can just do that right at the It doesn't matter, folks. What matters is, is are you praying and are you sharing? Sharing literally what is biblical. So that's the sermon.
let's do application. Because what I want to talk about this morning is, I said last week this statement, and everybody laughed, but I think it's a reality because you know, you know it's a reality. The problem with sharing the gospel for most of us and having gospel conversations is two things. Number one is getting into the conversation and getting out of the conversation. And I think that's so true because we want to know, how do I engage people? And I think what happens for most of us, here's what we think about. We think about, I'm going to go three doors down from where I live, and I'm going to knock on their door, cold turkey, and I'm going to try to tell them about Jesus. Now, I can tell you, let me tell you something. I can tell you that some of that methodology still works. There are churches who do that every single week. They go knock on doors on Monday night, cold turkey evangelism. And let me tell you why that works, because God's the one that does all the saving. When you tell, listen, it's interesting that when you share the gospel with people, people get saved. That's amazing, isn't it? The reason why people don't get saved around us, because we're not engaged and involved in sharing the gospel with them. But it's amazing, when you share the gospel, people get saved. It's amazing. You have more of a greater percentage of people getting saved when you share the gospel than when you don't. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that'd be the same as saying, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing that, you know, when I put my money in the bank, and, it, you know, every, every year I got more money in the bank than I had before I started at the beginning of the year. Why? Because I put money in the bank. But it'd be foolish for me to think, well, at the end of the year I'm going to have more money in the bank if I spend it all and don't have any money to put in the bank. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with evangelism. And it's kind of foolish to think we're going to see people get saved when we never share the gospel with people. So people get saved. So share, share the gospel with people. So thinking about evangelism, we think that. So let me tell you what happens. It's the power of the gospel that's under salvation, right? There are some people, when you knock on a cold door, cold turkey, listen, God's already prepared the soil. You're just watering the seed. And guess what? God saves them. So God does all the saving anyway. I've never saved anybody. You will never save anybody. Amen? God does all the saving. So, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not talking about asking you to go cold turkey to your neighbor's house and not on the and say, hey, let's sit down. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Bless God. Amen? And by the way, I found out in most of my ministry, every time we did outreach on Monday nights, let me tell you what it was about. It was more about inviting people to my church than it was about inviting people to Jesus Christ. So most of us avoided it like the plague anyway. Amen? And we really did. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about having gospel conversations. I want, to, I want you to, how do you get into a gospel conversation? Can I just tell you the number one way to get into a gospel conversation? You ready for it? Build a relationship with the person you want to talk to. How many of y'all in this room, by a raise of hand, came to know the Lord Jesus Christ through a relationship with somebody else? Raise your hand. Majority of us, right? A mama or daddy were faithful to tell you the gospel. A friend. In my case, it was Maria's family was faithful to share the gospel with me. So I came to know the gospel through relationships with other people. And so most people do that. So build a relationship. That's how you get into a gospel conversation is building relationships with people. Listen, Katie and Daniel, that's what y'all did up there with the Muslim community in Dearborn. You begin to build relationships with folks. You didn't go in there and say, I'm going to just tell you how it is. Y'all going to hell. Y'all need Jesus. That doesn't work. Build a relationship with people. Begin to tell people that you love them and show that you love them by building a relationship with them. And by the way, can I just say this? As you're building a relationship with them, truly care. Truly show them that you care. And can I tell you, heed the words of Proverbs 22, verse 1. You cannot have a relationship and build a relationship with people for the gospel's sake if you don't have a good testimony. A good name is to be chosen rather than what? Great riches, loving favor, 
rather than silver and gold. Who you are, listen, your name is more valuable than anything you own. And if you're at work and you're cussing with everybody else, don't think you're going to be able to go to that guy you're cussing with and tell him about Jesus. That's why we're ineffective. Let me tell you something. That's why we don't share the gospel, because we're living like them, and we don't want to share the gospel because they ain't going to listen to us anyway. So build a relationship with them. Now, what do I mean by that? Everybody's got a story. I got a story. You got a story. Everybody's got a story, right? A life story. Find out who people are. Listen to their story. Everybody's got a story to tell. And as you listen to their story, listen, here's what you're doing. You're listening. You're listening to their heart. Now, here's why that's important. Because as you listen to their story, you're listening for an opportunity to build a bridge from your story to their story. See, the problem with evangelism is we make it so self-centered, and it should be about others-centered. It should be about them, not me. So what I want is I want to listen to their story so I can build a bridge from my story to their story. So if I'm listening to somebody and somebody begins to talk about maybe growing up and never having a dad and what that's like, and they're sharing their life story with me, I can build a relationship with them from my story to their story by talking about a father who will never leave them, a dad who will never forsake them. You get the point? Does that make sense? So that's what we're listening. So the problem with evangelism, the problem with gospel conversations with us is we want to rush into it. Don't rush into it, but neither do you want to take 20 years, okay? You got to get around to the gospel. But you want to build a relationship with those individuals so you can begin to listen to their heart, begin to listen to their story, so that you can build those bridges to begin to tell your story. And that's the second thing. So you build this relationship, but the second thing you want to do is you want to build your story. Listen, you want to tell it. What is your story? How did you come to know Jesus Christ and you know, we call it testimony, right? But how did you come to know What is your story? And you ought to be able to share your story without complicating it. What was, I mean, ask yourself some questions. Paul in Acts 26 before King Agrippa. Read that whole text because here's what Paul does. Paul says, this is what I was like before I came to know Jesus. He was a zealot. He was a murderer. You know, he thought he was doing all these great things as a Pharisee. And then he met Jesus on the Damascus. He met the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and it radically changed his life. And then he just says, simply, that's why I'm here. (laughs) I'm telling the gospel to everybody because Jesus did something in my life. Listen, begin to share your testimony. Build that bridge into their life with your life by saying, here's my story. And my story is this. And you tell your story. And you know what I found? If you build relationships with people, you'll have time and opportunity to share your story. Because you showed you care for them, they're going to return that, and you're going to be able to do the same. So build on that. Build on their story. Share the story. And as you listen to them, you'll be able to to tailor your story to their story. That doesn't mean you lie, but you take their insecurities, their fears, their worries, their doubts, their lostness, and you begin to talk about, you know what? I was there. I was there. There's periods in my life when I felt fear. I felt insecure, you know, and talking about how Jesus saved you, how Jesus changed your life, and what is your life like now? I, 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 would, I, I hope it's different than when you came to faith in Jesus. I hope it's different. It should be different. So share your story. Just before, what happened, now, share your story. And then here, lastly, share the gospel. Share the gospel. Make, 
Continue with the bridge. Just move in the bridge. Let me tell you, let me tell you how my life changed. Listen, it wasn't, folks, can I just tell you, get away from this whole church thing, all right? Don't, don't just tell me, well, I started going to church and my life changed. Well, bless God, I'm glad you're going to church and your life changed. But that tells people what? If I just go to church, my life will change. Get away from that. Now, if you came to faith in an invitation at a church, you can talk about that. But don't just say, well, I started going to church, my life got better, things are good. No, don't do that. So you, you, you talk about how Christ changed. Where, where did you meet Christ? How did Christ change your life to move you from what you were to what you are? And then bridge into the gospel. Say, well, let me tell you why that changed my life. Because this king, who's the king of salvation, died on the cross for me, shed his blood for us, and begin to talk about the gospel. All right? How do you get out of it? I'll tell you next week. I'm out of time. Does that help? Something new and different. But I, I tell you, folks, I think, honestly, I, I'm excited. We got 105 names we're praying over, and there may be more now. I don't know. There's looks like there's been some more added to the board of that, that since this morning. There's a new board put out there, and I see a new one on the board. So I, I appreciate that. The other thing I want you to understand something, listen, think about what we stand for. I've been telling you for a long time, our, our mission statement is love God, love people, share Christ, make disciples. Can I, can I just tell you, you caught it last week. You caught it. What did you catch? The love people. That's why you got up here, got a little half of an index card, wrote a name on it and put it on a board and committed to pray for those names because you want to love them. See, the next board that we're going to put up is the next step. So it's not... I want to have a gospel conversation with, we're going to put a board up there that talks about I had a conversation with. And we're going to move those prayer cards. We're going to say, you know what? Hey, pastor, I, I was able to pray for Johnny. And guess what? This week, Johnny and I connected and I was able to tell him about Jesus. And you're going to move him over. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep praying that he'll come to faith in Christ. And we're going to pray that he comes to faith in Christ and comes here. And uh, when he comes to faith in Christ and comes here and we start discipling him, we're going to move him to the last board, right? Because that's the, the natural, right? Love God, love people, share Christ. We're sharing a gospel conversation. And then lastly, we're going to disciple him. Just make disciples. We have a responsibility. Johnny comes to know Jesus. You and I have a responsibility to help him to grow in Christ and be a multiplier himself. That's what it's all about. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you can find more information about Pastor Mike and the church at our website, www.fbclp.life.